Listener Production. Coming up on the Footy Talk podcast, we look ahead to the biggest month in footy, Joey. Yeah, we'll speak to South Australian royalty Mark Rusciuto to chat all things crows and power. And we're going to bring a new segment, Hump Day Hypothetical, and I've got one right from left field to throw at you. Strap yourselves in. This is going to be massive. This is Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. Daisy Thomas here for your Wednesday, joined by St Kilda great and star of the new St Kilda Football Club 150-year celebration commercial, Mr Joey Montagna. Hello, Daisy. Yes, welcome. Uh, Another day, another (laughs) Footy Talk podcast. And uh, you're right, it is sort of a time of the season where we are starting to launch uh, the year and St Kilda did uh, launch their 150-year Ad campaign this morning. I do happen to have a, a little cameo. You feature in it. And a bit of Hollywood calling? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, it's interesting because there's some acting done uh, by yourself. Was Rui in there Rui as well? was in there. Yeah. And, well, without giving too much away, you're alluding to the fact that it's you're, support, you're pumping up some Porter, St Kilda supporters, I should say, rather than actual greats of your club. Is that a bit of a clip that not a whole heap's happened in 150 well, years? Well, 150 years, there's not a heap to celebrate <laughs> on really the field, the Daisy. So cabinet. it's based around celebrating the fans right. because, you know what, really, out of all the fan bases in the competition, I think the St Kilda fans deserve <laughs> the most appreciation because everyone is a long-suffering Saint supporter. So it is a big year for the club, 150 years. So uh, the little campaign off to a good start. Without a doubt, it has to be Brett, the groundskeeper. I just hope I do his eyebrows justice. Do you think Rui got a little bit nervous when the phone rang? Just in terms of last time he did a commercial for the Saints, oh. the season opener. And I'm sure we can chuck some audio in here. He sat in the middle of a circle of players singing the theme song and it was absolute rubbish. That was a horrible one. That was a virgin competition. And uh, as the captain, he got roped into doing something that he regrets forever. The rest of us were smart enough to stay out of it. Oh, when the Saints go marching in. Oh, when the Saints go marching in. It also got us thinking because the AFL also launched their TV they commercial. Did. Normally every year they have something really inspiring that gets us up and about, gets us excited for the footy season. This one sort of seems to be tailored towards more of the younger audience, the younger generation. Yep. But I, I like it. I think it gave me little little tingles at the footy season, what it brings for us, the highs and lows and the emotion and everything that comes with being a footy supporter. Yeah, it did absolutely nothing for me, if I'm being completely <laughs> honest. Uh, complete miss, but I may not have been the target demographic. It is rolling around, though, the footy season very quickly. We're obviously talking a lot about it, but the response to some of the big games, obviously games, round, but also we hear that Anzac Day is now sold out. Already, and that's round six, wow. Anzac Day sold out. So we know we're gearing up for the first couple of weeks of the season, Daisy, but when you look at rounds four, five, and six, it is going to be off the charts because round four is Easter weekend. Yep. So from Easter Thursday, the traditional Brisbane-Collingwood clash that they always have now all the way through to the traditional Carlton Easter Monday. Good Friday now? Is Carlton I'm Good Friday? Sure yeah, they are. That. Easter yep. Monday is always the Geelong-Hawthorne Hawks. game. The Hawks put up a really good fight last year they in that it. game. Then round five's Gather Round, yep. which is going to be something new and exciting. And actually looking forward to speaking to Mark Rusciuto yes. today on the podcast. We'll find out maybe what we should do if we head over for Gather Round. Yeah, not so much where we're going for the footy. No. Pre and post. That's right. Correct. Either side. It'll be great fun. And then round six, as you said, Anzac Day which is already sold out on a Tuesday and uh, can't get a ticket for that one. So, Did you get your allocation through the 200 Club? I didn't even know it was sold out. Do we need to make an inquiry? Because, one, if we're not working, I'd love to go. Two, if I am working, I'd like to pass them on to 
family and or friends. Is it the biggest day of the home and away calendar? Yeah, it's the, sure. and playing in it, yes. I assume someone who watched along yeah, and loved it. Uh, you sit there with envy of everyone and obviously going from Collingwood to Carlton, it was one of the things that you certainly miss. Not just about the the game itself, but also the day, the tradition, the history that's a part of it and the respect that's paid by the whole of the footy fraternity. It's bloody brilliant stuff. So Anzac Day sold out. Gather around four of the games already sold out there yeah. and the only limited tickets for the rest of them. That's going to be absolutely massive. Some more news around the grounds? Yeah, there is. We've just got some injuries as we're leading up to round one. A couple of big ins and some outs, which is a shame. The big one was Ryan Gardner. I know most people would roll their eyes, the Western Bulldogs key defender, but he just re-signed. He's going to be an important cog for the Bulldogs. And we know, Daisy, there are high aspirations about them. And if and if they are going to play finals and to win a flag, which I think they can, they need their backline and their defence to stand up. So Ryan Gardner is going to miss a month, which is a shame for so them. Liam Jones and Darcy. Does Darcy now... will probably now settle yep. as a defender, but they also have Josh Bruce, remember, playing as a Correct. key defender, and Alex Keith. So does they've actually got a little bit of depth. A little bit of clarity for Bevo, who didn't really know where to put Darcy. Now he's almost forced his hand to say, hey, well, we've got a hole here. You feel it? I think so. Yeah. I think it actually works in their favour because they couldn't play the four tools. I know they've trialled it and they've experimented with it and it might have been something they go to, but uh, they can settle on that back line. We know that Dyson Heppel's going to be in doubt for round one with a foot injury. Luke Jackson from Freo is not going to play the pracky match, but just a head knock, but he'll be right for round one. And Jack Henry was the big one for the yeah. Cats because he was going to play forward without Tom Hawkins available for maybe the first couple of rounds of the season. And my mail was that they were actually grooming Jack Henry to be a long-term option as a forward. A forward right. So it wasn't just in the short term while Tom Hawkins was out. It was maybe post-Tom Hawkins' career who could be the forward solution. It was going to be the Henry brothers along with Jeremy Cameron. So Jack Henry will be a big out, but I don't think it'll uh, bother the, the Cats too much. And just a couple of returns. CJ, GF for the Hawks, will return this Thursday against Collingwood, Good news which is great. And Ben King will also play for the Gold Coast Suns. So right. great to see Ben King back out there as well. And just a little bit too, Daisy Pierce, one of uh, our colleagues, we love Daisy. She's officially signed a long-term deal as an assistant coach with the Cats. I was speaking to Daisy yesterday about that down there at the Cattery and she was just saying how welcoming she got invited down to watch the Cats v the Hawks in their eight eighth game that they played the other week and just how accommodating uh, Chris Scott was there in regards to explaining things to her. Took the time to pretty much sit through the entirety of it not coaching, just telling her what to look for, what to expect. I saw Paddy Dangerfield at this Channel 7 launch yesterday as well, and it got me thinking. I said to him, I hope you understand, like, firstly, I said congratulations, of course, on the captaincy. But I said, I hope you blokes understand how good you actually have it down there yeah. in terms of the work-life balance, how they're treated, they roll in whenever they want to some extent, they're not expected to be there more than they have to be, and how that one translates to good footy, good mental stability off the field, but just a great club and a want to go and produce your very, very best. It seems like no one's walking in there going, ah, oh, this is going to be too hard again, or I don't want to be here. So I still slightly flummox that in an AFL industry where we steal everything from on field, yep. Hawks play a press, that's what we all do. And then someone plays fast footy, that's what we try and emulate. Whatever the grand finalist does, effectively, we all try and copy. Got me stuffed as to why more teams aren't taking the Geelong approach. And I know the easy thing is, well, they're old, they're seasoned. 
but what comes first? A little bit chicken-egg? Well, I think a lot of clubs probably feel that they have to catch Geelong. So the only way to catch clubs like Geelong is to train more and to yeah. try and actually improve your, your football and get to that level. But I agree with you. I mean, they are – you talk about culture at a footy club, and that's why they've been so successful for so long. And they continue. They will continue to be because now the younger generation that are there just get to learn off those older players. They'll continue the same way, and, and they'll just continue on for a, for a long time. It's They are such a well-oiled machine, the Cats, and from what we've seen early – uh, they are certainly going to be hard to beat. Good luck catching them. Uh, hump Day Hypotheticals is something we're bringing to the table. Just a couple of little tidbits. And this, of course, isn't to be taken overly seriously. It is a hypothetical, not exactly news breaking. Well, that's right. We'll ask each other some hypotheticals or we might do some Wednesday. But you can also, if you have a question for us, you can get on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod. TikTok at Footy Talk Pod. You can fire in some questions and uh, and some hypotheticals, yeah. and, and we will try and answer them as best we can. I saw that we've got one from a, a Gillen from Turak, who's one of the first to write. He said, Daisy, if you were the Premier of Tasmania, would you build your own stadium? Uh, hmm, interesting. Be yeah. political to start off with. That's an interesting one that Gills, uh, or Gillen, whoever he may be, has just <laughs> asked that question. Uh, look, I would be pushing as hard as I can. Yeah. I think you need to just understand now that the AFL have made it very clear. So I would be pushing, saying, yes, go and find the funding wherever you can. If you need to buy a guitar, Mr. Premier, and you need to busk out the front <laughs> of the Salamanca markets, get down there and start raising as many pennies as you can because you need a stadium and you need a roof on it if you want to be taken seriously. Because if you do, if it's awesome, not only will the footballers come, the crowds will come. That's it. If it's a nice, fun experience. I have a hypothetical for you. Right. This one a little bit left field. Right. If you're having a set shot for goal yep. and a parrot landed on your shoulder, would you be confused? <laughs> what? A parrot was on my shoulder while I was having a shot for goal. That would be quite confusing. I wasn't sure where to go with that. See, you're not going to believe this. What have a got? listen to this. A segue. This is a bit of craft. A college softball game in Orlando. <laughs> Lots of people wondering what's happening. There are multiple parrots on the field. One almost landed on the umpire. They almost landed on the foul screen. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. Oh, one just landed on the umpires. The home plate umpire, Chad Steers. Is is this part of the show? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what's on my Instagram algorithm, but it's some weird and wacky stuff. I'm watching yesterday. This is the softball game in Orlando. Yeah. Macaws, four of the big, beautiful thing. Zazu from the Lion King. Yes. Just flying Zazu. in and around <laughs> and landed on the home plate umpire. He ended up looking like a pirate. He had the big bird on his shoulder, and the game just nonchalantly continued in and around it. Well, we've had our own moments in AFL. We have, we? Yeah. More so with pigeons rather than the... the <laughs> yeah, well, well Pendles tried to kill one. That's right. Actually, speaking of the Pendles one, I think we've got a little bit of audio. Of the time Scotty Pendlebury bounced the football <laughs> on a pigeon. Thomas gives it to Pendlebury. He bounces his way through the middle. Oh, he bounced it on the pigeons. <laughs> He's bounced the ball on the pigeon. <laughs> Has that ever been done before? Oh, there's another concussion. Is he a myth, Scott Pender? Everyone thinks he's a good guy. Nice no, he's guys. cruel. That, that, was, that was cruel. Squeaky clean, never done anything Horrible. wrong. He's just harmed a bird on purpose. Yeah. In the middle of the MC. Top enough for that, Scott Pender. <laughs> I think the uh, pigeon did fly away. So, again, it can't do anything wrong. Of course, the most famous one, the pig. Oh, there's a pig on the ground. <laughs> there is a pig. At full forward. I drink regularly with one of the uh, one of the men, one of the Saint supporters. The claim to be involved in, in the, the pig drink. Yeah, just a couple of quiet, <laughs> couple of quiet light beers. Absolute piss drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but he claims that he was involved in putting the pig on on the field really? back at the SCG all those years ago. But there's a few different there's versions a, yeah, of that story is. that do the rounds. So I'm not actually sure which one's true. But that is the most famous. And then. 
There is the one about that fearless seagull. Remember the one that just, there was one seagull. I was calling that game. Were you on that game? I think we were. It yeah. just stayed in the centre circle. Didn't give a and stuff. And the play was going around yeah. either side. It did not flinch at all. It was the toughest seagull we've ever seen in our time in AFL. There is a pigeon in the centre circle that is in great fear for its life at the moment. It will need to get out of there. Otherwise, it risks being landed on. McAvoy was able to avoid it. The pigeon's okay at this stage. Yeah, thanks, BT. A ripping opening turn by both sides. But there was the toughest and the bravest pigeon we've ever seen in the centre of the ground throughout that opening term. It would definitely be a tough in and under midfielder of the bird variety. But as you can see there, the AFL has ushered the pigeon off the ground. And while we're talking about seagulls, of course, well, sometimes it actually happens, but sometimes a bit of creative licence is given because it is radio and it's not a visual forum. Remember the time Peter Cardamone was filling in calling? For Triple M. <laughs> for Triple M footy, and he's gone off on a tangent just uh, because of seagulls. He must have had it fresh in his mind. And you called him out for it after he's declared that there was a shit ton of seagulls. He just thought because it was radio, you could just make it up. And he said, oh, here come all the seagulls. They've all flocked in. And I was doing special comments and looked around. There was not one. So, Carters, we're calling you out for a bit of bulldust. You can't be making stuff up on radio. But there is a little bit of bit of the lights, uh, lighter side of some of, uh, some of the birds and some animals have had an impact in an AFL game. Yes, good fun that is. We're coming up. We've touched on it. Mark Rusciuto, the director of football at the Adelaide Footy Club, will be talking to us about all things Adelaide, also all things Gather Round, which we're bloody excited about. You're listening to Footy Talk. Follow us on the socials, Instagram at footytalk underscore pod or TikTok at footytalkpod. You're listening to Footy Talk. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast, Spotify or Listener, please hit the like button and leave us a review or a rating. New episodes every day at lunchtime. And some of those reviews, Joey, and requests have already come in. Two episodes in we are. And the requests have come for one of the big dogs. And as I look down the lens here... We've nailed one. Very exciting, isn't it, to have this man, royalty. Absolute royalty, footballing royalty, a footy director at the Adelaide Crows, Triple M footy, Fox footy, just an all-round good knacker. Mark Rusciuto, welcome. <laughs> G'day, boys. I'm glad I'm a big dog. You are. You're our very first guest, too, on the uh, new Footy Talk podcast, and we thought, why not go straight to the top and get the oh, big man involved? So thank out. you for joining us. We're, uh, we're very excited. Good stuff. We need to figure out what's going on in South Australia because, as you know, when you live in the bubble in South Australia, that's all you talk about. When you're in Victoria, we hear nothing about what's going on over there. <laughs> Give us a rundown. We talk, we'll start with the Crows. Yep. How's the new recruits going? Rankin was the big talk in the off season. We're yep. hearing he lit it up a little bit. That's the only thing we've heard. Yeah, look, and he has uh, definitely hit the ground running in his in- internal trial that they had last week. I think he kicked uh, five, yeah. and then last week against Frio, kicked the three and uh, played well. So he's from the first day he was on the training track. I think they could see the sort of razzle dazzle that he's going to bring to the table with his uh, you know speed and agility and skill. So exactly what the Crows need a bit more of that. Uh, probably been accused of being a bit slow and one pace through the midfield so he might spit through the midfield a little bit but I would expect that he'll do most of his damage up forward so he should be a handy inclusion for the forward line now that is starting to look 
you know, not complete, but certainly heading towards where it needs to be with Rochelle, the top draft pick from last year. He was uh, awesome at the start before he uh, had a sore hip. Uh, Darcy Fogarty had a breakout season last year and had a great uh, summer and should be able to kick on with it. Riley Thilthorpe starting to develop well. And then you've got guys like uh, McAdam, uh, amongst others, that can play up there as well. And don't forget the old... uh, Boy, Tex Walker, who's had another good summer as well. He's getting better with age, Tex, but you're spot on, Rui. They, the same notes about the forward line starting to look like it's got a bit of X factor and, yeah. and a bit of flair about them. So it's going to be exciting. But what are the expectations for the Crows this year? Because we had Nick Rebolt on the show yesterday, and he felt that this is probably a bigger gap as ever between the top sort of six or seven teams that played finals last year. They've all gotten stronger with recruits, and then there are sides like Adelaide are in that boat that want to jump into the eight. But how do you see it? Because it does look like these top teams are going to be hard to, to get past, but Adelaide certainly have got ambitions to play finals. All right, we'll answer a few questions in the one bit. I, I think there's eight really good sides, um, and I haven't got Frio and Carlton yeah. in those two, and I think Frio are, you know, what they come, fifth last yeah. year was, you know, pretty good. So there's probably ten good sides, you know, and yep. some better than others in that in that ten. And then, you know, the Crows could be one of those. They could um, jump into the eight if they get everything right, if they win the close games, if the young players improve faster than what we even think uh, from what we've seen over the summer. They could be one of those. But if you were putting your last 20 on, you'd think they're going to be somewhere between – 8th and 12th, I think. I think they're going to improve, but are they going to improve enough to improve more than those sides that uh, are already in the 8 or around the 8 from last year? Because it's a it's a really unusual season with the, the amount of quality sides and the amount of quality sides that have actually improved over the summer. So from what I've seen at training, from what I've heard from uh, the Crows, from what I've seen in the couple of games that they've played, they've got maybe six to ten kids that have definitely going to play better football this year. And I think their older players in Tex, Sloan, Laird uh, and Smith, there's no reason why they won't play as good as they did last year. So that equation means that they're going to be a better side this year. Is Port Adelaide one of those teams in your top eight? I have got Port Adelaide in the top eight. And uh, I was asked a question yesterday, what are the top eight changes going to be? And I put Frio out, Port Adelaide in, but that's being harsh on Frio. That's just because I needed to put someone out to get Port Adelaide in. I think Port Adelaide have got the, um, a genuine chance of winning the premiership this year. Wow. If they get everything right and if they stay fit I think they've got a great sort of 26 players and then they do drop off for quality after that Uh, but Port Adelaide just started terribly last year with injuries and then there was so much external pressure and everything they couldn't really get back on track the power but I reckon they've got a very very talented list there's so much riding on it there's been talk Bernie Vince has already come out and said if they, they don't make the grand <laughs> final done. Kenny's <laughs> gone and they've already put Josh Carr in the position to take over as coach um, they are ruthless at Port Adelaide we know that but I think uh, they're a potential top four um, after home and away. Should we be concerned that Bernie Vince is now becoming a headliner and a newsbreaker? <laughs> um, yeah, well, look, everyone wants to be like Kane Corns, don't they, in the footy world? But no. No, Bernie, one thing we love about yes. Bernie is he's a country boy. He doesn't... Uh, 
tell any fibs. He tells it as he sees it, and that's why people love listening to him on Triple M. That is 100% accurate. Gather round coming up over there in Adelaide. Bernie Vince and yourself, no doubt, will be lining the pockets with plenty of cashies. We've been <laughs> thinking, Joey and I, we're going to be coming over as part yep. of Triple M coverage. But just for other people who will be making the trip, four games already sold out. Or thinking about making the trip. Or thinking about it. Give us a sell as to the ultimate weekend over there. So we roll in, we get on the big bird, we land about midday Thursday. There's a game Thursday night. Where are we going? From Thursday, post-footy, all the way through to rounding out on a Sunday night. Gee whiz, where do we start? I think there's going to be business lunches left, right and centre. I know there's a couple on Friday, one at Sky City. Gil McLaughlin's going to be talking at that. Hamish McLaughlin's going to be there. I'm down at the West Adelaide Footy Club. There's a lunch down there. I think uh, our next uh, high-profile Triple M person that might have been the greatest player of all time has got a lunch on Thursday at my pub, uh, The Duck. So that's always a bit of fun there. Um, look, the one thing Adelaide... Adelaide bats above the, its average in terms of uh, people in his quality of restaurants and pubs. So there'll be plenty of good pubs. I think of one called the Ramsgate you could head down to uh, <laughs> and get in a bit of trouble there. You could head out east to the Alma, which uh, uh, I'm part of. Uh, there's there's plenty of uh, great places around Adelaide Oval in the city you could head out to. And at night time, um, you know, there might be a few little nightclubs you could wander into. Boys, if you've got a bit more time, head down to the Barossa. Uh, Adelaide Hills is half an hour away there. There's plenty of cellar doors. You can get up and have a bit of uh, white wine. That's always good uh, <laughs> uh, leading into footy season. Head, where else can we go? Kangaroo Island. You might be able to shoot over there. Look, it's endless. I, I don't know. You might have to stay after and come earlier than the, the uh, Thursday to Sunday. Plenty around the next week for the Live Golf as well. It's oh, wow. yes. a know. bloody big week in Adelaide. Live, live Golf has just uh, sold out. They said that all the general admission tickets are sold out. 40% of the tickets are from interstaters. So there are a lot of people coming to Adelaide for gather round and live golf. That's going to be an unbelievable week. I might have to just speak to Triple M and say, put me on a few Sunday games next uh, time over there in Adelaide post the big round, which will be, of course, gather round. What about uh, the little bit of the come home factor at Adelaide? It's been made a fair bit of with those players coming home. Rankin, Dawson's come home as well. He's now the captain Seemed a bit of a surprise from afar. For people coming back to Adelaide? Well, that and then all up the Dawson being captain. That one Look, took us a little bit by surprise. By the Yeah, the captaincy part. Well, he was a, he was a leader at um, Sydney and we knew how good he was up there. And he's just blossomed, I guess. He was a, he come to the club last year and when you go to a, a new club like you've done, Daisy, I didn't he, really blossom at the new club. Yeah, though. I cut that part out, but you <laughs> did go you. to a new club. But when you go to a new club, you don't go there and be a buffet, do you? You go there and respect the people that are in position and you usually sit in the background a little bit and bide your time a little bit. And that's what Geordie did. He, he sat back and as Sloney went out of the side with his knee injury, he stepped up and started, uh, you know, flexing his muscles a little bit to try and uh, fill the void. And he and he did that brilliantly throughout the season and again over the summer. So, yeah, it might be a surprise from the outside, but as you know, boys, uh, lots of things are different on the outside than they are to the inside of the club. But the go-home factor, I think, is 
uh, has always been there for a lot of clubs, but you have to gl- have your club in order and you have to be uh, sort of a, in the right place uh, from a club perspective for players to come back. And I think Adelaide is that now. Uh, done a, a pretty big uh, rebuild over the last three years and I think most people from the outside can see that Adelaide's heading in the right direction now and it's a good time to, to jump back on board. Well, thank you for your time, Root. We greatly appreciate it. We'll try and get you on again a few more times throughout the year, Chad, all things SA. But we can hear you on Triple M, Fox Footy, and good luck with the Crows this year. And we look forward to you taking us out round five, gather round. Oh, we'll yeah. be over, and uh, I hope you show us a good time. I'm just wrapped that I'm the first ever guest on your podcast, guys. It means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you've achieved a lot in his career, but I think this might be the highlight for Mark Rusciuto. Always great to chat. To the great man, Daisy, that'll wrap us up for another edition of Footy Talk. It's been massive, Joey. It has been massive, and we, as we say, we thank Rue, biggest guest to start us off, and we'll be doing well to surpass him as a guest. I know. I don't know where we're going to go from here. I don't think we can. I think we've gone to the top. So you are listening to the Footy Talk podcast. Follow us on socials, Instagram, footytalk underscore pod. Jump on TikTok at footytalkpod. Leave a question, leave a comment. We'll get to that on the Wednesday hypotheticals. Uh, yeah, if you've got something nasty to say, <laughs> don't worry about that. You can stick that right up your jumper. Don't even worry about it. But it has been a big addition. Tomorrow, I look at this, another guest. Is Rue still there? We've got Fev on. Oh, so Fev. A couple of rungs under Rue, but uh, Fev will be joining me tomorrow. I assume we'll be talking all things blues and maybe lines, although, as we touched on, it doesn't always work out that well when you go to another club. This has been the Footy Talk Podcast. Listener.